Hey, welcome to Football in Vivo, the podcast, episode one. We are featured on the one, the only, clubdeportes.com. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Football Austin. That's F-U-T-B-O-L Austin. Follow Club Deportes at Club Deportes for all the latest and greatest sports news and commentary. Well, be sure to visit clubdeportes.com. I am your host, Eric McCoy, and I am joined by the only MLS expert to predict a successful 2024 Austin FC season. It's Davi Alvarez. Hey, Welcome to the hey, show, Davi. Hey, I love I love the way you say it because actually nobody is nobody is saying that, right? So uh, would- literally no one if MLSsoccer.com is to be believed. <laughs> right. So I can be the first one saying that. You can be the first. You're a real trendsetter, real pioneer. We're have a great season with this squad and this uh, leadership uh, in Austin. Absolutely. Well, David, we're on a new format for this season, uh, podcast form as opposed to YouTube. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people know, but just to kind of explain why we've gone into this this change of format uh, unfortunately, our, our good friend and co-host uh, Jorge Chavez uh, had recently suffered uh, two strokes and is currently rehabbing right now and, and just trying to get back back up to speed. Um, so unfortunately, he is not going to be able to join us at this time. I, I have spoken to Jorge. He, he is stable. He is rehabbing. And uh, according to him, the doctors say that he is, is making progress at a level that is, is quicker than, than it was to be expected, all, all things considered. So uh, we definitely wish him the best. Obviously, or it's a great guy. I know last season, David, you and I, we didn't have the most reliable of, of transportation last season, trying to get to and from the uh, the Club Deportes Studios, the beautiful Club Deportes Studios in Cedar Park. And Jorge was always very gracious and w- would give us rides. He, he would give ex- us a ride. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. An yeah. extremely no, nice was- guy. And I, I think I speak for everyone when, when I say, like, wish him a speedy recovery and hopefully we can get him back on the show sooner as opposed to later. Um, David, do you have anything you would like to add before we get into the nitty and gritty of, of previewing Austin FC's 2024 season? Well, j- just just say thank you to to Jorge and, and wishing him the best. Um, I tried to to reach out to him um, with uh, last, but I think he was already having more problems by the time I tried to reach him. So I'm I'm glad to hear that he's he's doing better and. And we can um, be in touch with them sooner, hopefully. Uh, you know, what warm memories of, of him being in the show and, and then talking about Austin so much. I mean, so passionate. And also, a lot of people <clears throat> I talk to, um, people from Austin FC, friends, they all know about it. And <clears throat> they, they ask me for the number. They ask me for, hey, can we go see them? People from Austin FC, uh, workers from Austin FC, uh, like, so they, they were very worried about it and, and they they would like to go see and check check him out, you know. So it, it's it's nice to see that that response from from people from Austin and Austin FC in particular, right? Um, in this case, um, but yeah, uh, hopefully we can see him uh, sooner than later. We can, yeah, absolutely. We can have him on the radio. I mean, yeah. in this show, <laughs> we're, we're on a podcast, uh, radio. That, that, you're going back a few years now when you start talking radio. Podcast. I keep guys, saying radio. Days. Hey, they have the show in the radio because you know it used to be a radio show for so long. Absolutely. Uh, okay, David. Let's let's not waste waste any time here. Okay. Let's get right down to talking. it. The 2024 MLS season is about to kick off, uh-huh. and 
according to most, Austin FC fans need to be bracing themselves for what could be a pretty tumultuous, pretty rough season. Uh, before we get into into the weeds on everything, I, I do want to kind of just do like a quick overview here of who has left Austin FC in terms of player personnel and who has arrived. So what I'm going to do, just a real easy game. Let's start things off, real easy game. We're still in preseason form as well. So what I'll do is I'm just going to run off a list of names of, of players who have left Austin FC this offseason. And I want you, David, to tell me the player you think Austin FC is going to miss the most in 2024. So I've got Nick Lima, Maxi Arruti, Johan Romagna, Adam Lundqvist, uh, Sofian Defal, Rodney Redes, Emro Tarek. Remember Emro Tarek? Uh, Charlie Asensio, Kip Keller, and Will Bruin. Out of those names, David, who do you think Austin FC is most going to miss in the 2024 season? Well, there's no doubt about that Johan Romagna, for me in particular, is the most important piece of that uh a player that I would have keep originally. I mean, just remember the first year when he was here, then he got, he was lone because of some sort of like, it was out of shape or something like that. But for me, Johan Romagna, the first year, he really solidified himself and with the fan base. Like he was the only one, the only standout, in the, at least in the first season. And then in the second season, we cascanted. We, we I mean, they have some up and down, but overall, it's somebody that I will keep in any team. I mean, it's such a and and, and we got a good deal for it, right? So seven hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars to transfer to uh, to San Lorenzo, which is a big big, big club, yeah, big club, big club. It's mm-hmm. the Pope's team for God's sake. Hey. It's the Pope's team. So if it is the Pope's team. With uh, Romagna, I mean, the pop team is going to be good. A pretty serious fan base there. Pretty fan base. Uh, very Italian. Yes, uh, yes. San Lorenzo is the is, is typically the Italian immigrants um, in Argentina. So that's Palme- so is Palmeiras in Brazil. Mm. So, but yeah, it's gonna, I mean, that's the main by far. I, I actually, David, we're, we're starting off on on a good note here because I actually agree with you. Because if you, especially if you look at Austin FC's center back depth right now, it's it, it's a little shaky, and then there has been some injury concerns for uh, Club Deportes fan favorite Julio Cascante. Uh-huh. He has apparently suffered a bit of an injury. Unsure if he's going to be ready to go for the opener uh, this weekend against Minnesota. So yeah, it's a little thin right now. We'll get into it a bit later on, but yeah, center back depth is is not necessarily a strength of this team right now. Okay, so those are the departures. Let's move along to the arrivals. A, f- a few notable names have, have arrived at Austin FC mm-hmm. this offseason, headlined, I think, by Chilean. Diego Rubio is, is joined Austin FC. We've got Yadar O'Brien, who's, who's come over from uh, FC Dallas. Uh, we've got Brendan Hines Ike. Not quite sure how to pronounce that, but he has come over from DC United. We've got Stefan Cleveland has arrived, a goalkeeper, probably going to back up Brad Stuber. And then uh, uh, Gilmre uh, Biro, again, apologies for these pronunciations. We're, we're still in preseason form right here, but we, we, we have him. He has arrived from the second division um, in Brazil. He is a left back. Um, I also just want to point out, too, because he had a really nice preseason, but MLS super draft pick uh, Jimmy uh, Farkaloon, or, or perhaps it's Bryant Farkaloon, depending on what article you're reading. Josh will okay. be going with Bryant, but... The LA Galaxy preseason match was actually streamed, so I did get a chance to watch that match. 
And he looked great. He looked very, very good. It has some qualities that I think Austin FC have been missing. So those are the arrivals. I mean, to me, it's obvious the arrival that is most exciting here is Diego Rubio, but I would just also like to highlight uh, Farkaloon as well. But but what, what do you think, David, out of those names? Is it Rubio? Is that the most exciting addition to this team? Uh, by far. By far, it's the, the most exciting player. Not only Diego Rubio is Chilean. If he's Chilean, it's good. That's what Jorge <laughs> well, Chavez was saying. I mean, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I mean... I don't want to be biased or anything, but uh, never. You would never but, be biased. Yeah, but, 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 but I was, I was telling you that Diego Rubio. I mean, he, he was, he, he was actually uh, looking to get a job with Colo Colo in Chile. Mm, that's where he started his career, correct? Colo Colo. He started with Colo Colo. His dad, Hugo Rubio, was a, a winger for Colo Colo, won Copa Libertadores, famous, famous winger, and he had three kids, and all of them played soccer. And um, his dad. Uh, the grandfather of Diego Rubio played goalie for Rangers de Talca. Um, wow. And I think more important than that, Diego Rubio's godfather is Ivan Bamban Zamorano, the today in a commentator and former striker for Real Madrid, Inter, uh, Grasshopper, Toda Sandino, and other clubs. And uh, Club America, too. So saying that, the fact that he has a big pedigree, right? He was born with it. Um, he played in Europe. He played in sporting, uh, second division. He played in several areas, and and, he, and then he moved to the UL to the to the MLS. Um, so he has some spells with, with the Colorado and Kansas. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you look at his his track record here, so 2022 that was by far his best season. 16 goals, five assists, and boy, would that look nice on Austin FC in 2024. If if, if Austin FC get 2022 Diego Rubio, I, I don't think the season will be quite as bleak as many are predicting. However, at 2023 Diego Rubio, that was an injury plagued season for him. He had knee surgery ahead of the season. He also had some back issues, hamstring issues, ankle issues. Only ended up with three goals, two assists. He's on the wrong side of 30. So there is some concern. I will say he has looked great in preseason. He featured in, in limited minutes across uh, the final three matches of Austin FC's uh, preseason. Three goals in those three games. And I watched him against the LA Galaxy. He came on for Giassi Zardes. And man, did he look impressive. It's not just the fact that he scored a goal, but just the way he played. I mean, he wants to drop in between the lines, kind of drop yeah. in, in front of the, the opposition center backs, maybe even in front of the opposition defensive midfielders and receive passes. He's got a silky first touch. Whenever well, the, yeah, the it, passes it is, come in, he can receive the ball really, really well. Yeah, it, it's, it's like a, it's an attacking midfielder uh, pretty much, but he, he can play the, the number nine position as well. And uh, yeah, you're totally right. Last year, he was not his best year, and, uh, and the knee injury definitely was, was a big factor on that. Performance. Um, however, like you say, he's he he, he already is the, in the not the wrong side of thirty. I think it's the right side of thirty because well, it depends on your perspective, Dobby. If you're if you're you or me, it's definitely <laughs> the right side of thirty. But if you're a professional yeah. soccer player, I when don't you know. Have I'm I mean, not when sure you have, about that. I mean, nowadays to be thirty means you're experienced and you can handle it, and you have the physical. I mean, naturally, your body after thirty is not going to be the same. So you are kind of playing with with that. You have to play with with the risk that your body is not listening to you. Um, but seems like he he does have it. He has what it takes uh, to be a leader on the team. 
I mean, him being the leader of the team is like by being by scoring goals and and, <laughs> and doing it that way. That's the only way. Um, but the fact that his name is Diego. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty the, good soccer player's name, Diego, over the years. Number 14 happened to be another Diego. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I don't know, might give him a little like a, a edge, you know, but but by he already is showing that he can he can do it in, in the preview game in, in, in the in the games before. And I gotta tell you, he was about after leaving uh I think was uh Colorado, was it? Oh Kansas City he moved from um So he went from Kansas City to Colorado. Yeah. After Colorado, he was waiting for the call to be in Colo Colo. So that was the news when you look for Diego Rubio. Before the Austin, when Austin showed up, that was like a surprise. Mm-hmm. A surprise because he was looking to start to pretty much go to Colo Colo at the end of his career when, in the club that he started, but he was not uh, called because well, when uh, Josh Wolf calls, you answer, right, David? Well, in this case, the uh, Colo Colo had to take um, somebody else. Uh, that came on a plane and a horse to the stadium. A horse? Yeah, the player that the Colo Colo hired, he came in a, in a helicopter and then in a horse. That, that, that's dressed an introduction. On, dressed on, a, on, a, on an outfit as a king. Wow. That was Vidal. So Vidal, Arturo Vidal? Arturo Vidal moved to Colo Colo. Wow, what an entrance. We, with a big, you know, big interest, and that I mean, that's what main reason why Diego Rubio didn't make it to Colo Colo because all the money went into to Vidal. Into wow, Vidal. Okay. that's the reason why. All right, David, I got to ask you a tough question here. Opening night, Q2 Stadium, Austin FC against Minnesota United. Who starts at striker? Is it Rubio or is it Giassi's artist? Well, if, if, if you ask me as a coach, Diego Rubio. Obviously, but since we have somebody else that is not me as a coach, <laughs> I don't know. I cannot tell you. Well, okay. I just based off of preseason, I mean, and again, I'm, I'm talking one match against the Galaxy. Rubio just looked so much better. Giassi, to me, he's a couple of years older than Rubio. I think he's 32, I believe, uh, Giassi's artist. And it just, I think, I hate to say it, but I think his, his best is most likely behind him. I think he can still be a valuable contributor to this team. And when he was fit last season, Zardes was, after that slow start, was actually a pretty solid number nine for Austin FC. And then, of course, he picked up injuries towards the end of the season. But when, when you look at just... And Wolf wants his strikers to play this way. He wants them to drop into midfield and receive passes. And just the way Rubio can receive passes and then ping the ball out to the wings, ping the ball out to Driussi... I just think he's going to offer so much more in this attack than, than what they can get from Zardes. And he's obviously, when he's at his best, he's going to be a big goal threat himself as well. But you wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't make that distinction, you know? Like, why why not have Zardes with Diego Rubio playing together since they already did play together in Kansas City? So um, I don't think in Kansas City, oh, they Colorado. Did, they did in Colorado. In Colorado, Colorado, yeah. Colorado. In Colorado, sorry. Yeah, they did play together. And I think that would be great to have both of them in the field. Because Sardis is, is 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 just a forward that, I mean, he doesn't have to prove that much, you know. It just does. He has not had the connection in Austin. He has yeah. not had the link 
the link like Diego Rubio that we need for starters, right? I, I think you're right he's about not that. It's not that he doesn't have the skill that Diego Rubio has, that he can take everything by himself pretty much, you know? But uh, Sardis is some, some player that he needs to be fit, you know, uh, in that position or be just like waiting for the ball to bounce towards feet, right? So yeah, that's I, what I think. I think it would be okay just to have both of them. I think you bring up a good point. I, I would agree. Hey, well, let's see what – run them both out there and see what they can do. We just haven't seen Wolf, you know, other than it, when they're chasing a, a match late, go to a two-striker system. So I, I just kind of don't think it, it'll happen, unfortunately. But, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So, But, but yeah, I, yeah. I do think – I do think you bring up a good point, and especially in terms of Zardes, right? Because last season, particularly early, earlier in the season, Wolf kind of hinted that Giassi wasn't fit to start 2023, and he didn't look. He did, not, he did not look good. He did not look good, and so I do wonder if now that there is a legitimate backup that that, that can, or another legitimate striker on the team that can definitively challenge, if not totally supplant Zardes in the in the starting 11 if this might energize Zardes to be better ensure he's fit and ensure that he's bringing his a game week in week out yeah. do you think this could actually prompt Zardes to have a better season having someone like Rubio on the team as well and, and to be to, yeah and, and to be honest with you so every time that Zardes didn't have much chances to play last year he played great defense he was playing doing a lot of headers in the D I mean Zardes contributed to the team and then, and then you can put it in in, in different position and and uh, coming from the back. I mean, yeah. If I would be a coach, I would keep both of them. I I I like your thinking there, David. Unfortunately, I I just I don't want us to get our hopes up because I, I don't think unless Austin are chasing a match, I kind of doubt we're going to see Rubio and Zardes on the field together. Now there is yeah. one more before we get. We got a, a couple more. Things that I want to get to um, going looking forward here, but one more arrival. This player has not arrived yet, but uh, but per Tom Bogert in the Athletic, Austin FC are going to be getting a fullback this summer. Uh, Mikel Dessler, he's, he's a right back. He's 28 years old. He's currently playing in Toulouse in France. Yeah, playing in the Europa League. Scored one heck of a goal last week in Europa League play. And let me tell you, if you go to his footballreference.com page. A whole lot of green on that page. And, and when you look at fbref.com, it'll compare a player to other play like in, in Europe, like if you're looking at a player in one of the top five leagues in Europe, so England, Spain, uh, Germany, France, and Italy, the the, the top divisions in, in those countries, it'll compare them to other players at that the position. League, I'm sorry? The farmers leagues? Well, David, uh, these are the top five leagues in Europe. These are the big, <laughs> big time leagues I'm talking about here. And so it'll compare them to other players at the position in those leagues. So essentially, be, he's being when you look at Dessler, he's being compared to literally the best fullbacks in the world, and his numbers really stand out. I mean, this is a player of serious pedigree that's going to be coming to Austin FC in the summer. So if the season doesn't start off well, understand reinforcement is on the way. So I just want to bring that up to, to people that, that maybe are, are unimpressed by some of the business that has been done thus far this offseason. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what can I tell you? I mean, anything we can have. I'm sure you're thrilled, David. You got to be excited about this one. I'm very excited. I mean, I'm excited about the fact that we have so, like, the roster is pretty big. I mean, we got a lot of players. Um, But I I like the way you were analyzing first. Like, hey, this is the people that we have. Who do you think want to have on the the field on Saturday? 
And I, I think it's an important question because it's, it's the first impressions are very important. Uh, and and we need we need the first impression uh, on Saturday. Absolutely. I mean, this this is because right after Minnesota United, you got Seattle, you got St. Louis. So the schedule gets pretty tough pretty quick. So you, you want to, and Minnesota have had a very tumultuous offseason. So this, this is a team that I think Austin FC is as tough as those preseason expectations are. You could reasonably expect at home to be able to get three points. So I think it's a very important first match well, of the season. Remember that Minnesota, Minnesota took a decision last year not to have the coach um Renee, I mean he, he friend of the show Adrian Heath David. Adrian Heath friend of the show got let go before the playoff yeah yes Even indeed he made the playoff but it's I think it's a good story that that the Adrian Heath lasted for so long in Minnesota yep kind of the parallel for what happened with with Austin FC and Josh Wolf yeah. but yeah. the difference is Josh Wolf is still here that that is that is a notable difference. Okay, let's um let's kind of keep things rolling along by by discussing the attack here. I want to talk about Sebastian Driussi, David, because Driussi, by the standards he set for himself in 2022, had a bit of a down year in 2023. If you look at the numbers, 2022 Driussi had 27 goal contributions, so 27 goals and assists in 2022, yeah. dropped down to just 15 in 2023 so there was some injuries more injury issues in 2023 he played about 500 fewer minutes in 2023 than what he did in 2022 but overall you'd have to say just looking at those raw numbers that doesn't look great however i want to offer some optimism here because i know there's a lot of talk like oh drew see can he get back to, to where he was at in 2022 versus what he was like last season and if you really look at the numbers so there was a bit of noise in those 2022 numbers. There was obviously like the, the talk about how he overperformed his expected goals. He scored a lot more goals than, than what could have been expected based on the quality of shots he took. He also took he takes penalties for Austin FC. So the number of penalties that he took, that, that can fluctuate season to season. But if, if you look at just like the underlying performances, his non-penalty expected goals plus expected goals assisted per 90 in 2022 was 0.55. So a little over half of an expected goal plus expected assists per 90 in 2022. And in 2023, it was 0.50 non-penalty expected goals plus expected goals assisted per 90. So not much of a drop-off. So the underlying performances from Drew in 2023, not that dissimilar to what we saw in 2022. I, I think you could point to that, that bit of downturn. You can attribute that to the fact that the team wasn't playing that well. The players around him were not playing as well in 2023 versus what they did in 2022 and also just the injury issues even when he he was technically playing was he 100 fit we know there was a bit more injury issues with him last season versus the season prior so just how do you feel about drew C going into this season do you think he can get back to that mvp caliber level that we saw in 2022 well the, the potential is there definitely uh, he can be back at to be the MLS MVP favorite, right? the favorite. Wow, ahead of Messi. That's a that's a no, no, get... no. I mean, the, I'm talking about 2020 when when 22 when he was the MLS favorite. He was when he had the battle with uh, Mukhtar, mm -hmm. um, right uh, with Honey Mustard Nashville. 
I mean, that was a great, like the fact that he was head to head with Mukhtar, that was just I mean, impressive. Very impressive. Yeah, I mean, there was, I, I to me, Mukhtar was the, the MVP. Like, he was better, I think, than Drusi that season, personally. But Drusi was, was in the, he was in that conversation legitimately. Like, he had, Drusi was very, very good in, in 2022. Yeah. No, he was really, really good. And, and, and Mukhtar was too, but. Yeah, the potential for Drusi is there. Last year we saw a Drusi going like just like the team, pretty much. And, and the fact that we, you know, I, I, I don't know, uh, but we 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 saw it last year, and and it was important. I mean, Rigoni came because Sebastian Drusi to be part of his. That I might can't. be, unfortunately, the the worst contribution Drusi has made to this team, Emiliano Rigoni. Sorry, but I'm that, still just that, so the fact that that's a DP slot is still I a mean, problem. You need, this team. I mean, you can bring your friend to your to play with you, but you know you need to be the, the friend that you actually are really good with. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right? yes. So make sure your friend so, can play a bit if you're going to bring him over. Basically, yeah. I mean, I have a good friend. Actually, today is my friend's birthday, Ian. Um, I play soccer with him. He's great forward, and we're good friends. But there was nothing, there was something not clicking in the field, right? Mm -hmm. Even though we were friends, we were good. He was a great player, I think better than me. Wow, um, it must be really good. It was, yeah, he's really good. All, everybody wants him in the teams, and um, he's run all the time, like not like me, you know. I'm, I'm kind of lazy. <laughs> You're riding your bike. You're riding your I, bike. I ride my bike. But yeah, so comparing him to that case, that, that was like, you know, honestly, we, we are good together and we play, we're good in the other team, but we're not that good we we wouldn't be together if we're not friends right kind of the mm -hmm. same situation here that like because of that friendship Rigoni is not that good it's not that good at least because it's kind of it's the same they play almost the same position it's kind of they kind of don't interact with each other so much I think that's the problem I really agree with you on that, especially now it looks like with Obreon coming in, who's going to play on the right wing, and you have Finley over there as well. It's almost certain that Rigoni is going to play on the left, and I think he does want to pick up kind of similar spaces of what Druzy does. Druzy will favor that left side as well, and when we've seen them both on the left side, they do kind of almost seem to be getting in each other's way as opposed to really complementing yeah. each other. That's right. That, that's my point, yeah. He could be a good player in Rigoni in another team without Druzy, uh, but... I think it is um, a liability for Drusi to have him next to him. That, I, the, and for the strong team. words, Davi, but I think I agree <laughs> with you on that. Um, one final note on the attack. We, we talked a bit about the strikers. I mean, that was such a problem position for Austin FC last season. So between Zardes, Aruti, and uh, Will Bruin last season, Austin FC strikers only contributed 10 goals in MLS play. That is bad. That is really bad. And if yeah. you look at the history of this team, when this team has gotten, just starting in 2021, when this team has gotten just good enough striker play, I'm thinking of a Rudy early in the 2022 season when he, he got off to that hot start. And Zardes, whenever he had his run kind of middle yeah. third of last season, this yeah. team can look pretty good. But it's just so often they just don't have even remotely competent striker play. And if you look at 2023 overall, that was certainly the case. So... Over under David, Austin FC strikers in 2024, will they get more or less than 10 goals 
between Zardes and Rubio. Well, the the, the question is, uh, is Gallagher going to play forward again? Because Gallagher is going to score a lot of goals. Well, I'm talking strikers. So if Gallagher no, he's, plays, is it number nine? Is is his well? He, he okay, I, he can, I think he he can and has occasionally played number nine for us FC, but I think it's more likely that he would. Well, who knows? He might end up on the wing. Boy, at some point, he scored more goals than our strikers last semester. That is true. When he was playing fullback, which is remarkable. Yeah. Um, but yes, I, especially with Dessler, though, you bring up a good point. I do wonder if midseason, if we don't see Gallagher move further forward. So I, I, I like that you brought that up. But because, between yeah, he has more goals to now than anybody else, you know, and and, and he's such an important player for us, um, and he he can he can fill that position up, up front. Absolutely. No but between the two players that we are most likely going to see <laughs> most often at the striker position in 2024, Zardes and Rubio, will they get more or less than 10 goals in 2024? Uh, they will get, uh, depend- I mean, that's a, that's a wow guess. I, I mean, mean, I think it's the, I, mean, I think yes. And 10 goals is a pretty low bar to clear. They, I, especially between the two of them. Oh, I think yeah, they I will mean, combine yeah, yeah, and get, I mean, get more than 10. Yeah. I mean, Do you they, think they, they get, get more than fifteen combined? They, they can get. They're going to get twelve. Okay, let's twelve. Okay, 12. That, so that yeah, is probably 12. not going to be good enough for a playoff spot. I don't think, but that, at least improvement compared to to last season, at the very least, if we try and stay optimistic here. And, um, yeah, but, I mean, it's just and, and one thing that uh, guy saw you too, Diego. When Diego Rubio came to the, to the team, you know, he say. Pretty much the same thing that Roto did, right? It's like he's excited to come to Austin, and because he loved the ambiance, he loved the 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 team support. Uh, he scored two goals, you know, one away and one at home in Q2 Stadium. So he really wants to be there. And I think as long as Diego Rubio become part of that that equation, I think we will be okay. And Diego Rubio brings artists with them, and Drusi there. I mean. We need Drusy. I will have Drusy, Sardis, and Rubio playing up there. I mean, that I would. That's what I will have. Um, I mean, heck, to back I mean, up you're... in order to back up my prediction, right? But it's not going to happen. Well, we'll see. Desperate <laughs> times could, could lead to that, but. Let's let's move a little further back and talk a little bit about the defense. Just how are you feeling? about the defense overall. So just kind of looking at the depth chart as it stands right now at center back, we've got Cascante, Weissman is has returned a uh, big, big, uh, big return for, for Austin FC to have him back. we got Matt Hedges is still around. And then uh, the new signing Heinz IK like that. Those are the center backs as, as it stands right now for Austin FC. Uh-huh. Fullback looks a little thin to me at the moment. You have Kolmanich on the left, Gallagher on the right. You have Biro, uh, the the new arrival from Brazil, second division. Don't really know what to expect there. And then you have Hector Jimenez, who most people thought was going to be a coach this season. Uh, they thought his career was probably over. He's he's a little older on the older side. So, who, who's that? But, who was uh, the Hector Him- Hector Jimenez. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you might remember him. <laughs> he's he's been been around for a bit, but yeah, hasn't featured. Did hardly played in twenty twenty three. And as of right now, ugh, you know he's he's. Looks to maybe get some minutes. Did play a bit in preseason. So fullback seems a little thin, at least until Dessler arrives. How do you feel overall? Do you think this is good enough going forward? At one point in the in the preseason, I think this was before the addition of Diego Rubio, 
Wolf actually said he thinks the defense is more of an area of concern than the attack, which was kind of surprising at the time, but especially now that Rubio's come over, boy, I I kind of think he's got a point. The defense looks a little a little thin to me. How, how do you feel about it? It's, it is it is pretty shaky. Yeah, even with Julio Cascante in there, I mean. Yeah, you know, again, Julio's got it. I don't doesn't seem like it's a serious injury, but it's possible he may miss the opener. For I mean, he might have made the the Costa Rica national team, uh, but it still doesn't convince me. You know, it's still just a player that I don't. As I told you earlier, you know, like Rohan Romagna gave me way more security than Cascante does, but. The other other players in the back. I mean, the, the new guy. I think mean, it's a new kid that was at twenty nine years old. Uh, the new from uh, DC, yeah, Heinz Ike, I believe. Uh, Ike, not not quite sure how to pronounce it, but yes, he um he's interesting. Yeah, he's twenty nine. His numbers don't look great. Like if you if you look at his FB ref, you compare to other MLS center backs, he does okay in in terms of blocks and clearances. Not very good aerially. It doesn't seem like he's very good in the air. Those numbers were very poor, but he didn't play a ton. And like center back stats can be kind of tough to yeah really assess. I think it depends so much on the team too you know yeah exactly absolutely but the, I, I look I like to look at minutes played a lot when I'm trying to assess a center back that, that's coming over and he just didn't play a lot of minutes he doesn't seem like and DC United not very good so the fact he wasn't getting consistent minutes on a bad team to me doesn't speak yeah, too highly like say, I don't, don't think he's someone that's really some bad team they were not uh, <laughs> to me I I think he's more likely a depth option. I don't think he's going to be a starter, and I don't know how valuable he's going to be as a depth piece, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, we don't know. We don't know. It's just uh, they're they're too new, but definitely we need to have quick turnaround in there because uh, Saturday is here. It uh, is just about Saturday other... here. What you're going to say a... something? Yeah, I got one other thing that I want to ask as far as the defense goes, and we're going to get to some season predictions. Your favorite okay. part of every season preview that we've done here on this show, David. But interestingly enough, and this, this comes from Phil West's excellent Verde all day newsletter. I've, I've been following that all off season. Phil, he writes constantly. The guy's just always writing, but he, he uh, had a, some John Gallagher quotes after one of Austin FC's recent preseason matches. And Gallagher suggested that Austin FC this season are going to focus on the fullbacks playing more conservatively. So they're not going to be as attack-minded, but going to be a bit more defense-focused in 2024. Well, with Covenant and Gallagher? Yes, which is on paper. On paper, that does not sound like a very (laughs) defensive-minded fullback pairing, if you will. But I, I, I think this is really important because one of the issues I've had with this team, even when they were playing well in 2022, is the fullbacks both just bomb forward. And when you have Danny Pereira is not like a traditional sit in front of the fence number six. He likes to get forward as well. And you just get so many bodies forward in attack that when Austin FC lose possession, I mean, how many times have we seen teams win the ball deep in their own defensive third and just carve Austin FC up on the counterattack? That's been an issue for this team for since they've been around. And I think one of those issues is that both fullbacks get forward. So if you can keep at least one of those guys a bit further back to, to focus a bit more on defense. I think that could end up having a, a pretty big positive effect on just how this team plays defensively overall. What do you think, Davi? 
Well, I think, you know, just you remember, I just got back some uh, flashbacks from last year. And I remember. Sorry to bring it up. I know it's very, it was a tough image, all of those counts. Yeah. And then, and you remember when, when, when Pereira and Wolfito would, would go back and they would give pass goals to the other team. Um, that was very worrying. Um, especially Wolfito. Uh, he did that so many times. He tried to clear the ball and just give it to the runs to the to the opposite side, and there it was to the goals on on, on our end. But yeah, it, it, it is very tough. It's, it's a tough situation in the back. Um, we didn't look good, and as you say, when you say earlier, you say that Washington or one of the team was bad. It's kind of the same thing that people think about Austin. It's like all the teams think, ah, oh, Austin, those guys are bad. They always play the same, right? They will play 4 3 3. We got the Savaresi. Uh, remember the Savaresi talk after the, the game? The Savaresi curse, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and he said, Austin is really easy. You just have to do, put some pressure on them. Boom, boom. And then that's it. And that's exactly what the team did it during the, the Mexican team did it. Mm-hmm. The Haitian team during the uh, CONCACAF. You know, Violet did it uh, in 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 Dominican Republic, and then here yeah, they just play defense, good defense, and all. But yeah, that's what the people is talking about. Like everybody talk about uh, how Austin has been so bad. They lost with Violet, the team that didn't have, they didn't have a tournament, they didn't have players, and we still managed to lose with that team and then that that's the constant news you know in every review of Austin SC season mm-hmm. so we already had the bad baggage that we had a bad team and so anything good anything good any improvement I think we'll, we will notice it but it, it's, it's, it's a tough boat to, to ride when when do you know you are at the bottom at least on the field not support wise like Austin as a support based team is in the top three, I would say. Easily. Well, a- absolutely. But, yeah, you have to wonder if this team for the third of its four seasons this year, four failed seasons. to reach the postseason, how much of the, that support will still be around going into season five? I think that is an honest question to ask. Because I, I do I do think that the, the this overall state of play of this team, it's starting to, I think, have an impact at least overall and just – you know, the enthusiasm that the people can muster uh, for Austin FC. But let, let's go ahead and get some predictions, David. Okay. Let, okay. This is this is what everyone's been waiting for. Time to yeah. put our money where our mouth is. Let, let's make some predictions. As I alluded to earlier, MLSsoccer.com, boy, they, they do not like Austin FC this season. I think it was about like 17 or so analysts. That, and smart people, people that I, I follow on Twitter, I, I really like. Uh, yeah. There were a couple. I think it was one had him tenth, one had him eleventh. Everyone else, it was thirteenth or fourteenth. So no one had Austin FC finishing in the playoff spots. Yeah. So grim, 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 grim. That is what the experts are thinking that Austin FC is going to perform like in twenty twenty four. What do you think, Davi? Where is Austin FC going to finish? Where, where do you get those numbers? What did you got this number from ESPN or something? Uh, MLSsoccer.com, the official website. 
of Major League Soccer. Oh, and when the commentators, like some some journalists, some they were, yeah, gotcha. I saw that for other teams. I didn't see the numbers for. Yeah, it was pop, Austin FC Twitter yesterday. I didn't see the numbers. Very angry. Very angry. Lots lots of talk about these predictions. Yeah. Well, I'm sure Josh Wolf is laminating them right now as we speak. Yeah, I mean. So where do you think Austin FC is going to finish? Austin FC, it could be. I mean, we can be number one team in the world. I think we can number be, one team in the world. We can be. Well, I mean, <laughs> we could be. Wow. No, no, no. We could be better than Real Madrid, Manchester City. Hey, just bring Ancelotti and Guardiola, and we'll do it. <laughs> bring them both. Why not? <laughs> it's, it's just that's how easy it is. Like it's just about having uh, the different. Don't, don't know if it's quite. Easy to do that, but no, but I mean, uh, what do they think? It's just hard, it's a very tough question because sometimes you, you can ask those type of questions. If you ask me that question in 2016, um, with the Copa America, uh, Chile won Copa America against mm-hmm. Argentina that year, and I would not, I would not, I would not, uh, guess that even though we won in 2015. Mm. We, I would not guess that with the coach PC. We got PC. We got because that tournament we won it because of the players, not because mm-hmm. of the coach. Chile did. So it, it, it can change. You know, you have the players, you can have the players and saw how the players click and then you have a great team. But in the other side, you have a team, a great, great players. But you don't have the leadership in the bench to order organize that team, mm-hmm. and in this case, there's not going to be. It's been four years in the making, so it's not something new. Like four years numbers don't lie. Thirty five point one. Okay, I was waiting for this for, moment. I was waiting for, for it for 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 a coach. And all the numbers that he have, I mean, of course, the numbers that he had at the end of the four years, and people keep saying the second year was a success. And I, I keep thinking what you say about we were eight on the West on chances created in the second. Yes, expected year. goal differential. Yes, it was, uh, I believe, eight, if, if I'm not mistaken. That's you. So eight chances created. So it, it, to be this second place in the, in the West, it was a, how, how uh, Rodo call it. What did he say? He was overperforming. Yes, right? overperforming. That, that has been a big, big word in, in the Austin FC universe over oh, the past yeah, couple of seasons. You have first year, second year overperformance, third year of really nothing. So four years, then I can, no experts gonna say that we're gonna have a great season. It's like you have three years of bad numbers, to one year of uh, of lucky numbers. Second year, I was present in many of those games. Especially the away games we won out of nothing in the last minute. Well, uh, a lot of comeback wins for sure. And so the numbers don't lie. It says if you mm-hmm. want to say a mathematically point of view, yeah, we deserve to be at, at the bottom. We're not going to make it. So you We're wait. Fourteenth is that you thinking? Fourteenth, fifteenth, or fifteen teams in the in the yeah. West? Are you think, yeah, are, yeah. How many teams? Yeah, we're not going. But maybe we can have like well, remember the second year we have like this gray run away. The weight games and then a little bit made us some games at home, 
made us to qualify for the playoff. Once we got into the playoff, we keep trying new things, new things, new things, and nothing really worked. We keep losing games during the playoff in the second season when we're supposed to have the best team ever, right? So, yeah, I, I'm totally agree with the with the expert. So, okay, with and just to, just to confirm, I am still in preseason form as well. There are only 14 teams in the West, so 14th would, in fact, be dead last in the Western Conference. So you, you think I mean, no, we're not going to be dead last. No, no. 13th then, or? No, no, no. I, I think, I think honestly, we will be, like, I, I'm not going to be prediction known. I think we will be uh, eight. Eight? Well, eight's eight. a playoff spot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because the players, I think I have some hope in the, some of the players can make the difference. Some of the, especially Diego, um, can bring the new leadership to the team that can really join um, the team itself. I mean, to create a team that is as equal as the supporting base. Because there is a dysfunction there between the team that is coming up at Q2 Stadium and the supporting Q2 base and it, we need to we need, I think I think our goal is to make that a priority right absolutely absolutely and I I actually surprisingly am going to agree with you I I am kind of a bit more optimistic on this team than than the the experts are I yeah think they might be able to eke out a, an eighth or ninth place finish this season if 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 massive if if you know Rubio and O'Brien and some of these these players can can have the kind of seasons that I think they might be able to have Pereira I mean, Wolf, those guys can continue to develop. I, I think it could end up being a, an okay season, but, but you're right. I mean, the, the big question is going to be is how patient will this fan base be as we slowly, but surely start to see this Rodolfo Burrell rebuild take shape. How patient will they be while that, that's the, the results aren't going to be there? You know, if, if, the, if the results aren't there and the team struggles a bit, how patient will the fans be? Yeah, and, and 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 the question that that we are having, which is uh, Josh Wolf, Rodo, right, mm-hmm. and the fan base. I mean, that's something that we that it need to be addressed, right? Uh, because I think Rodo, everybody wants to have a good team. Everybody wants to qualify, right? Everybody wants to be number one. Uh, no doubt about it. But um, the it's the key, I think. What you say is Rodo. Rodo would be the key. What what stands to is going to have? How is going to be leading the team? Because now he is the general manager of the team, and last year we didn't have that uh, with Josh Wolf when he was in charge of everything. Um, Your favorite period of Austin FC's history. But so that, that 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 the key would be definitely how Rodo is going to be. In, it, does he think that we're ready to move on? Uh, I don't know. It's it it is hard to say, you know. But um, but the, gotta tell you that the fans are not very happy. No, I mean, no, they are I, not. I have today. I talked to one fan uh, casually, and he has five season tickets that he's selling them. This is this is the last year he's selling them because. Like, it's not even a joke. It's like, are you crazy? He say there's two problems with the team. He says, not only Josh Wolf, of course. He talked about the ownership. He was making up stories about that was that um, 
the pre-core has something to do with the prices, and they came up with all these theories that uh, he's part owner of well, Seed Geek, of Seed Geek, you know, because of well, the let's, prices. Let's not traffic in the in the conspiracy theories on here. No, 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 no. But... It's not conspiracy theory, but it's like interesting to hear that. Wow, I think oh, pre-core also owns. Huh. But I'm just talking about what I heard. No, it's not. Okay. To, to nothing, be clear, nothing, these nothing are, are not the opinions just, of Club Deportes it's, it's or Football mad, it's Viva mad, as a whole. It just, it's just trying to show you what a mad, very pissed off Austin FC fan is thinking. That is, hey, that, and and you're right. I think that, that is, that is worth bringing and up. And somebody that plays soccer, somebody that played college soccer, he mm. coached. He coached soccer. So it's not somebody that doesn't know what he's talking about. Someone who right? knows his stuff. I coached with him when we were coaching at, at the, 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 over here at the um, at the kids' center at, uh, I forgot the name, um, at Hancock. At Hancock. I was a coach at Hancock, and he was a coach at Hancock. So it's somebody that already knows what's going on. He, he goes through every game, but he's so mad. He said, this is the last year. If something doesn't change, I'm selling all my tickets. This is. This I, is I don't think he's alone in that, Davi. But okay, I think so. We both, against all odds, have Austin FC reaching the postseason in 2024. We might be completely insane for thinking that. Let's see. At the very least, I think it'll be an interesting season. So be sure throughout and, the 2024 season. To, also, you know, when, when we predict something, uh, we need to see a little bit. We need to have more. Like we have a that conversation last year, but I would say after a few games. Maybe five or six games. Maybe we can have a better uh, prediction. Absolutely, as facts change, opinions change. I think that that's fair. Because to say. you can get educated opinion, right? So we have somebody saying, "Hey, Man City is going to win it all." Uh, at the beginning of the season, that's different than to say the Austin FC is going to win it all at the beginning of the season, right? Yeah, that that now that would be insane if you had this team winning it all. That that would be <laughs> not great. Not not a great opinion. But okay, David, it's been fun. The new format, I think it works. So just keep an eye out on uh, at Football Austin. Keep an eye out on Club Deportes. Instagram, podcast. Right? I'm sorry? Instagram? Is, uh... Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We got it all going on. So keep an eye out on that. Throughout the season, expect many, many more podcasts from David, myself, and hopefully, hopefully a few guests as the season progresses. Yeah, we definitely will have some, right? Absolutely. Well, it's been fun, David. Let's do this again next week. Okay, adios. Gracias. Thank you very much, Eric. Great show.